Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Joe Quinn, episode 867. We are recording here on a Monday as we just try to push through. Uh, I am, it's not Rob Sapp tonight. Um, I have a very, very special guest. You'll see, you'll hear from Rob Sapp later on this week when we break down the uh, conference championships. But I have a very special guest. A, uh, she is new to the podcast, um, Karita Parks. Karita, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Karita Parks, of course, is the uh, CEO and founder of Parks PR. Uh, she has been doing this for over a decade. Uh, she is also the founder and editor of Double Take Sports. And everybody in the DMV knows who Karita Parks is. She's She's been pushing for a long time. I've been following her for a, a, a few years. She also covers the NFL, NBA, as well as the WNBA. Uh, but we brought her in because, of course, we know what's been transpiring over the last two weeks with regards to Bill Cookman and Ed Reed. And listen, I'm not going to get into like you. Everybody who's followed that situation knows what's happening or what continues to happen. Uh, the story has gotten so big now that Ed Reed is almost has become almost an afterthought. To be honest with you, uh, but mm-hmm. Dude Cookman has, in a way, made Ed Reed a martyr. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. But what I wanted to bring uh, Creed in for was the PR standpoint because throughout the course of this entire situation. I could not get in my get out of my mind the fact that Ed Reed never had was officially under contract. Like the contract he um, agreed to a, a agreed to a, had an agreement in principle on twelve twenty on uh, December twenty seventh, and you hear Reggie Theus, the athletic director, and of course ex NBA player talk about. Hey, all the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed. We want Ed here. Of course, Ed Reed wanted to be there, but. No contract was ever signed, and of course, you, when you know when the tweets come out, and then all you know, basically all hell broke loose after that, and that that basically was the beginning of the end, ending of that relationship. But I have, I think, it's a little bit more to that. To be honest with you, than than just the tweets. Uh, from so I, I'll talk about that a little a uh, little bit later on. But as someone who's been in the game a long time, as the owner of a PR firm, what were your thoughts as this situation unfolded? It's a lot to unpack of the situation. It was really messy on both sides. From from the start, and I posted a video about this where I said the same thing. For me, as a PR expert, I would never advise anyone to announce an agreement in principle. If you want to undergo an agreement in principle, that's fine. Do that. But I would not make an announcement until the contract is signed and everything is finalized. Now, I understand that college is a little different. They announce agreements and principles all the time or they announce agreements prematurely. And that's how it works. And a lot of times it doesn't affect anything. But this is an example, a prime example of why. You just shouldn't do it in the first place. I don't understand what the rush is to get that information out there. What you need to do is negotiate the contract, sign the contract, finalize the contract. I would advise any organization to do that. I don't care if it is a best practice in sports. And I say that because I got a lot of feedback. Oh, well, that's what they do. That's just what colleges and universities do. At the end of the day, as a PR 
expert, I wouldn't advise it. And like I said, this is a perfect example. Why not? So to me, that was the first issue. If it was never made public, really none of this would have unfolded the way that it unfolded. But it's both sides. I mean, Ed Reed, you're not under contract yet. So while you want there to be change, I don't agree with the method in which he chose to go about it. I think he could have talked to the administration about his concerns and they could have tried to work it out in-house. And if he didn't feel like that was a place for him or a place that was going to embrace his change, then, you know, he still had time to get out of his contract. No reputations would have been damaged. I think in both cases, um, there's underlying issues, like you said, at Bethune-Cookman University, sounds like, just after this whole situation unfolded. And then now Ed Reed, his reputation has been hit a little bit. Will someone else want to hire him as a head coach if that's if they know that that's how he goes about his grievances? So that was long, but <laughs> no, no, you 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 laid it out perfectly as you speak as you were speaking. The, <laughs> you know what came to mind to me. You know, compared to, to like a relationship, it's not, this sounds like a, a shotgun marriage, to be honest <laughs> with you. It sounds like the two parties didn't know enough about each other. Mm -hmm. I'm, really, I'm like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, no, that's and, a good analogy. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> it's like, it's, I, like Ed Reed, like, you know, Ed Reed, the player, and mm -hmm. we all know who Ed Reed is and what Ed Reed's done in, over the course of his career, but. And I'm not knocking Ed Reed the person. Like I've heard plenty of stories about Ed Reed helping out kids. He continues to help out kids uh, in Baltimore and throughout over the course of Miami. From I'm so I'm not. I don't think, I don't think Ed Reed is a bad person. He handled this situation poorly, but I don't. I don't think he's a bad person. Agreed. But I, I think that it was just like I, I think that both parties were just in a rush to get something done. And the ironic thing is, nothing got done. In regards to the contract, like that's that's something I think because when you talk about being, you t when you talk about agree, all right, we have a disagreement in principle uh, on December, and then this pops off. It's like, did you do enough research on Ed Reed prior beforehand, and vice versa, Ed Reed? Did you know what Bethune Cookman had been through beforehand? I'm sure not enough to make <laughs> an educated decision. Because I think we all know some of the challenges that BCU has had in the past. And like you said, we know Ed Reed's personality. I think that he honestly would have been great for the students. And it seems like the athletes were already embracing him and just the student body in general. But to your point, I don't know if the administration and Ed Reed knew enough about each other to know if they could viably work together. But those are some of the things that you work through in the beginning. And that's probably some of the things that you work through in the contract negotiations. You're going to see during negotiations, if you have certain expectations and they don't comply or vice versa, you're probably going to see that this doesn't work. However, none of that happened properly. Yeah, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about it, from the outside in. Like, Avery probably was like, 
because there was a sense of like how he was talking over Twitter and how some of the statements he made, there was a sense, let's be honest, of entitlement. Like that, like that came out. Like that, that, that's undeniable. So I'm probably thinking, he's probably thinking, I'm Ed Reed. I'll, you know, he's, you know, when he's making these statements, like, hey, they wouldn't get out the way. I mean, we were trying to make moves, but they wouldn't get out the way with Shaquille O'Neal and all these donors that he had come in, coming in that were going to help the university or the football player, uh, football players uh, financially. It's like, yeah, that, all, that, all that sounds good, but you're not under contract. And then you have, from the university, university standpoint, I think they thought we just landed the next Deion Sanders. So, oh, yeah. like, so we got this celebrity football player. He's going to bring all this attention and so on and so on. So I think, again, to your point earlier, there were enough, there were a, a, just a ton of mistakes made on both sides. I'm like, and, and to be honest with you, I'm, I actually blame the university more than I actually blame Ed Reed. I think Ed Reed really was trying to get stuff done. And I, again, I don't condone how he handled it. He handled it poorly. Like you have to be an adult. There has to be an adult in the room as a leader. Not you're not just a head coach. You're, you're a leader of young men. So it's like I think Ed Reed has a lot to learn about the politics and about mm-hmm. from you know about that. About it's just not about X's and O's and, and helping kids out. It's more. It's a lot that goes into coaching in college coaching when you when you are leading. 85 to 100, 18 to 21-year-olds. Like, if he wanted change, change takes time. Yes. That's in PR, It's we, there's something called change management. You can't just spring it on people. You, there, you have to really be strategic about how you approach it. And there's really a lot of planning that goes into it. So he wanted all these changes or wanted things to be better but he, it was just like, boom, you know what I mean? And I'm sure he meant well, but that's just not how you're, you can go about it. It takes a little time. You have to approach it differently. You have to have a plan, you know? <laughs> yes, no, no question about it. So let's hypothetically you know, say that Ed Reed was a client of yours. Now let's go past, let's go, uh, we've, the damage has been done, right? He's came out, made all these Twitter statements. We've decided to moving in another direction. How is Parks PR handling the situation after the after the Twitter rants and and also after the fact that they decided to move in another direction as a university? You know, I think that one, if I had a, a better sense, obviously if I was his PR representative, I I would have a better sense of what was going on in the background. Right. But I would say I don't think there's anything wrong with doing interviews to kind of clear up the misconceptions and taking accountability for your actions. That would be my approach. The one interview that I saw he did, he was really aggressive, really upset. And that's just not the way to approach it. So I would definitely advise him more on controlling his emotions and controlling his own narrative. And not placing the blame on anyone. You know, I think that interviews for him, in my opinion, would be taking accountability and clearing up like, hey, I really wanted to see change. I was very passionate about it. I may have went about it the wrong way, but ultimately, I just wanted what was good for the students. You know, like, like that's the way to say it. And that's the way to go about it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, definitely. I would allow him to do interviews, maybe not a lot, but just enough to kind of 
uh, like I said, clear up some of the misconceptions. But then after that, I think you have to lay low a little bit and allow people to see your actions being a little different. Maybe if he decides to go back to Miami, which I don't even know if that's an option at this point since he left, but whatever the case may be, if he goes on and like works with kids, like just focus on your work, really. Just that's what I would put the focus on. I would put the focus on him helping kids, helping communities, doing the things that Ed Reed does that people love about Ed Reed. That it would be my recommendation if I was his representative. Like, let that be the story for so, a while. So, obviously, and you know this as well as I do, uh, social media has is just has you know ran just rampant over the course of the last 15, 10 to fifteen years or so. You there's no getting around it. It is what it is. It can be effective if used correctly, as we all know. Um, but this situation jumped off because of a tweet or uh, a number of tweets that Ed Reed posted. How do you kind of coach your clients on the use or misuse of uh, social media platforms? Yeah, that is my biggest pet peeve, honestly. <laughs> um, because. <clears throat> Athletes have to remember, you're a brand. You know, I know a lot of them try to say, I'm not, well, not a lot of them, but some of them feel like I'm not a role model. I'm still a person. But the fact of the matter is, when you signed up for the gig, you have to conduct yourself differently. It's, it's no different than if you worked at McDonald's or Burger King. If your employer saw you on social media going off and doing things that misrepresents their company, you're, you can still get fired, you know? So it's the same mindset. You have to conduct yourself online like someone's always watching. And that's unfortunate. It's not to say that you can't be a part of important conversations, but you have to be clear that what you say can be used against you. So that means that you have to pay more attention to what you tweet and what you say. Definitely, I would stay away from hot politic topics. I mean, not to say that you, if you're helping, yes, but I would definitely stay away from like politics, religion, things that can get spicy if you're not saying something that's helpful. But all in all, I always go back to the fact that athletes have to remember that they are a brand. You're no longer an individual. Once you cross over into being an athlete, entertainer, et cetera, you're always a brand. I mean, that's how you're getting partnerships. That's how Ed Reed had people lined up as donors. It's his brand. Right. Before I let you, uh, two questions before I let you, uh, let you go. Um, <laughs> what is it, as somebody who's been in this now, for, like I said, well over a decade, uh, what do you think is the key to a successful PR firm? Oh, that is a really good question. I would say building valuable relationships and having proven results. I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> you can be the nicest person ever, but you're being hired to provide strategic direction, 
and successful results to meet whatever your client's overall PR goal is. So definitely having those results. But relationships are so important because sometimes you can partner with other firms on bigger projects if you're a smaller firm or even if you're a bigger firm and you want to bring in a smaller firm for an area that maybe you don't have the expertise in, but it's a contract that you're able to get. So just building those partnerships. And I know that when I was growing as a firm, it was really word of mouth. It was people who were working with me, people who knew me, people who knew I get results. Those individuals help spread the word about my business. And then I was getting new clients. So that's why relationships are so important. And the last one, um, what, Type of what types uh, what type of clients are you looking uh, to represent? So at this point, I am focused more on. I would love to increase my athlete representation because they really need me. <laughs> they yes, really they need do. me. <laughs> and let me just back up because I've been in business for a long time, so I've worked with a variety of different clients. I've worked with athletes, I've worked with sports organizations, I've worked with entrepreneurs who were not in sports, you know, I've worked with event planners, um, artists, etc. So that's why at this point in my career, I want to focus more on the athlete representation because I absolutely see a need for that. And also just increasing my partnerships and PR work with sports organizations and nonprofits. There's so many of them, there's foundations. I really enjoyed working with Donovan Darius on his foundation and increasing his brand awareness. And so that's fun for me. So at this point, I want to shift to a little bit more of the sports realm. And that's where I see my business going now that I've had some time to revision it after 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's listen, you, you, um, be, happy to give you your flowers on the show 10 years is nothing not to sneeze at two years is nothing to sneeze at uh once you when you're in business with you as an entrepreneur um so i definitely have all the respect in the world for the types of uh business that you have done and the impact that you've had on the uh sports uh the sports culture in the dmv um i again this this is and i'll tell my audience what i told you before you know, pre-show this is just a tip of the iceberg. We're going to have Korea back on at some point to really deep dive her career, uh, the D.C. sports scene, uh, these, uh, the, um, women in sports in D.C. There are a number of uber-talented young uh, young women who are just doing their thing. So and I know they, I, I know a lot of them know each other and are uh, I'm sure have friendly competitions. So it's a lot to get to. We'll have a lot to get to. We'll certainly... We'll uh, get you back on uh, for a more in-depth conversation, but I just wanted to get, just wanted to touch base with you about this situation with Dude Cookman. You're from that area, right? You're from Florida, right? I am. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. So, with them Cookman's about an hour and a half away. So, you definitely are plugged in from that standpoint. Uh, Karita, I appreciate you coming on. We will post um, certainly uh, promote your, uh, your business when we'll have you on the episode description. And hope to have you uh, on next time. Absolutely. We'd love to come back. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. You have a great evening. You too. That was, of course, Karita Parks, uh, Parks PR, Double Take Sports. And listen, you, um, 
we learned a couple of things there in terms of uh, how things uh, how things are dealt in regards to or how things should have been dealt uh, with in regards to Ed Reed and, and uh, in regards to Ed Reed and uh, listen it look you can't go back on uh, go back and change what happened but the bottom line is this the bottom line is having someone like uh, Carita Parks or somebody a PR person uh, working with you. I don't. I'm not even sure. Now I know Will Parrish was uh, represented uh, as far as Ed Reed's representation, but I'm not sure that Ed Reed has PR people. To be honest, I'll be honest with you. If I if I were to guess, and if I'm please, if I'm if somebody out there finds out that is true, I will I will stand corrected. But the way Ed Reed was talking, the way it, the way the situation came about, I don't even think Ed Reed has like uh, PR people or or if he does, they didn't clearly, they did not do their jobs. Um, so that to me was the biggest part of this uh, from that standpoint. And like me and Karina spoke about earlier uh, in the interview, the university has to take its brunt share of this because if they really wanted him, he would have been, he, the contract would have been signed. The part I forgot to get to with Karina is I don't believe that they were all in on Ed Reed, to be honest with you. That's my personal opinion. I don't think that they were all in on Ed Reed the way they're, the way that they are um, making it out, making it seem like they were. That's my personal opinion of it. It doesn't take that long for a contract to be worked out, especially for a first-time coach who has never been a head coach. It's not like you, you're not negotiating. Ed Reed, you know, Ed Reed has came out and said he had a six-figure, six-figure job, and it, this wasn't about money. Like this was not about this contract was not about money. Like everybody was sitting up here asking for the world, they don't have the world to give to him. So this con this this contract negotiation should not have taken as long as it taken, and it should have been done before the new year. Like it should have been coming two thousand twenty three. This contract should have been done. So I think some more things will come out as uh as we move along. But right now, Bethune Cookman looks horrible as a university in terms of their leadership, trustees, the whole nine. And Reed right now almost is an afterthought in this compared to how bad Bethune Cookman looks, to be honest with you. You're talking about mold on the bread. You're talking about student athletes, student government leaders, uh, you know, complaining and, and having legitimate complaints. Uh, I saw a number of interviews on Roland Martin's uh, show with talking, when he was discussing with athletes and also student government leaders. And it just seems like the you know the the powers that be are not communicating with the students and expecting that they can just run over the students and everything is going to like end well. And you know that's not the case. And is this is this thing has completely blown up in their in their face. Well, again, thanks to Karita Parks for coming on. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you, or you will hear from me on Wednesday with Rob Sapp as we discussed what transpired yesterday in the uh, NFL so long.